Welcome to another episode of the Victory Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is a ministry of Victory Baptist Church in Valdosta, Georgia. To learn more about our ministry and the impact it has had in our community for over 50 years, visit VictoryBaptistValdosta.com. Now let's listen to today's message from God's Word. Nasties chapter number three. I'm going to give you what... um, what has been on my heart for several days, and so I'm just going to try to give this to you and get out of the way. I'm so thankful that the preacher was able to go home uh, a little bit ago and do continue to pray for him, and we're looking forward to him being back in the pulpit. And I, He had messaged me yesterday and said that he needed to go get checked out, and, and I called him, and I said, well, uh, you, you, do I, I'll, I'll have something ready just in case. And he said, no. He said, I, he said I've already sent. He had his messages prepared. And so he had them all up in the queue and was ready to go and ready to preach. Uh, but they had to keep him overnight. And so obviously he wasn't able to be here this morning. Uh, but do continue to pray for him. And so love our pastor and all uh, that God is, has done and is doing and will do with his life. Uh, in Ecclesiastes chapter number 3, we'll try to read nine verses. And then we'll pray. And then I'll try to share with you uh, what's on my heart. In verse number one, the Bible said, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. In verse 5, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to rend, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. What profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your love, your grace, your mercy. I pray that you would give us clarity of thought. You would speak through our, uh, Lord, our lips and help us to say only the things that you would have us to say. I pray you would encourage us, strengthen us, help us, Lord, to leave from here, Lord, more like you and less like us. In Jesus' name, amen. I, in this text, the opening verse says, to everything there is a season. And we've discovered that life is made up of seasons. They're made up of times. This is a very popular text, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, There are even secular uh, institutions of education that have studied this text. It's something that's known not just, and you hear it in songs and you hear it uh, in, in, in all manner of places in references to this text. The truth is, is that our lives are made up of seasons. There are things that they come and they go. Now that's both encouraging and disheartening at the same time. Those seasons that are difficult and that we, as they sung, don't understand, they, they, it's, it's encouraging to know that those seasons come But the truth is, those seasons go. The experiences that you are having today, the 
feelings and the troubles and the worries and the good things that you're experiencing today, they'll not last forever. It's encouraging to know that. Uh, when we go into class, we, uh, this school year, we, uh, we, we finished the first day, and, and I walked out and said, 179 more to go. We finished the first week, and I said, only 36 more weeks to go. That's not how you're supposed to do that. But there is a season for everything. There are seasons for, you know, farming, and there are seasons for sport, and there are seasons for work. There are seasons to every part of our life. We think about the first thing that we kind of think about here is the season of our time. God has given us a space of time. There is a season that we live in. And we, uh, we don't have a lot of control, and I'll mention this again in a few moments, but we don't have a lot of control over when it starts and not a lot of control over when it stops. Some of our seasons are long. My grandmother lived to be 98 years old, and she had what we would consider a long season of life. Others have very brief seasons. But we all have a season. And so we understand that there are seasons. I wrote the, a few things down about this. Uh, a season uh, meaning that there is a time frame. It's measurable. It has a beginning and it has an end. It includes many uh, and varying events in our life. A purpose there, he said uh, that everything has a season, and then he said a time to every purpose. A purpose indicating that each season has a distinct purpose. We were talking about, uh, we were talking with the family, uh, as you would, uh, at uh, my uncle's funeral. And so, uh, just for some, just some groundwork in, in this story, my grandfather was 50, my grandmother was 40 when my dad was born. I don't know how you, I don't know how you cope with that. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm 41, I'll be 42 uh, in December, and I cannot fathom the notion of having a newborn in eight years. I just, I, there's no, I just don't know how you do that. Praise the Lord for those that have, but i glad it's sorry it's, it's you, glad it ain't me. Uh, but there, there are seasons of that stuff, and so uh, our lives, we're talking about these things and how, uh, how, how this happens. And so my uncle was 19 years old when my father was born. I cannot, my son is 20. Okay, don't even make me 50. I can't imagine having a newborn. But we were discussing, uh, I, I was somewhere, and, 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 a, and a guy walked by, and I looked at him. He had one kid on his shoulders and one on his hand, and, and he's dragging him through the store. And, he look, and I must have grinned. I may have told you this the other day. And, uh, and I grinned funny, and he goes, he said, uh, that, he said, you remember this? And I said, yes. And the truth is, they go from there to there in just a blink. It just, you blink, and, and that season has changed. Here's the thing that I have been encouraged by others to do, and I'm finding it to be true, is that I, I must enjoy every season of my life. I enjoyed when, when, when our children were small, and we did those small children things, and uh, it was an excuse to go back and play with toys again and, uh, as an adult, and uh, play video games again as, a, as, a, as an adult, and, and have an excuse. Well, I wasn't doing it as a 28, 30-year-old. I was doing it with my son, and so, it, so it makes it okay. But there are different seasons. 
We're living in, I think, probably one of our favorite seasons right now. My son's 20. My daughter acts like she she thinks she's 20. And so if we want to leave town, we just look at them and go, hey, guess what? We're we're gone. Take care of yourselves. You know, Philip's got a job. He's got some little bit of money. And just so what we, seasons change. They come, and I want to tell you, I want to encourage you to, to enjoy the varying seasons of your life. But here in this text, he said there's a season and that every season has a purpose. Each season of our life has a purpose. And we can add that, we can put that in a lot of different ways. In our physical lives, in our, our, our earthly lives or our carnality, uh, there's purposes to each part of our life. But in our spiritual life, there's, there's seasons and there's purposes for that. The things that I am doing today for the Lord and the cause of Christ, I may not be able to do them all of my days, but it doesn't change uh, my obedience, my calling. It doesn't change the significance of what God is doing with my life. It's just a different purpose for a different season. So to everything there is a season, and to every season there is a purpose. So the season of our time. God's given you a space of time. What are you going to do with that space? What are you going to do with your time? We think about our ministry time. We think about our, our, the time with our spouses. We think about the time with our children, the time with our grandchildren. What are you going to do with that time? You only get so long to, to spend that time and Uh, spend the credit that you've been given during that space to impact and influence their life. I want the Lord to use this season for His cause and His purpose. You know what that means? That means I must be diligent. I must be purposeful. The things I say, the conversations I have, the giving that I do, the the everything that I'm involved in, it must be purposeful. Why? Because this is the only season like this one. What are you doing with your season of time? In the text, he goes on, we see the season of time, and then we see the season of our tales, or the season of our events. And in this text, this, this text really kind of talks about the different things that we experience in our lives. It's common to all men. He said there's a time to be born and a time to die. There's a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. And so, and what you'll notice about these is all of these, you'll notice that there is a, there is a positive and a negative. There is a There's a sowing and a reaping. There's a laughter and there's sorrow. There's a time that we give and a time that we're given. And so so when we look at these and and we look through these, we notice how how that they do that. There's a time to, to plant. Galatians 6, 7 said, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. What I sow, I will reap. If I sow to the flesh, I'm going to reap corruption. If 
I sow to the Spirit, I, that, though I'm going to reap that consequently. The things that I'm doing, the truth is, the things that I did uh, in my teens and in my 20s, uh, I am persuaded that many of those things I am reaping now and more of those things I will reap in the days ahead. I cannot. I had a preacher I was texting back and forth with last night, and this is one of the comments that was made. I can't do anything about yesterday, and I can't maybe change the outcome of what today looks like, but I can start today and sow what I need and what I want to be the outcome tomorrow. So there's a time for us to plant. And so, Brother Josh, the truth is, is that in those young boys and your daughter, you're planting right now. You'll plant until they are grown. You'll just keep planting in their life over and over and over again, knowing that one day what you plant, it will come up. In our marriages, it's the same way. Man, listen, I'm going to tell you, we plant in our, in our relationships. We plant uh, in our spiritual life. We plant in our financial life. We do these things knowing we plant today and we'll pluck up that which is planted later. He said, though, there's a time, uh, there's a time to, to be born, a time to die, a time to plant. In verse number three, there's a time to kill and a time to heal. There's some things in our life, and, and we could talk, and maybe militarily, and, and some and defending our, our, our life, maybe there's a time and a purpose for uh, taking lives, but the truth is, is that there are some things that have nothing to do with the human life, uh, whether you take a life or not, uh, that we, there's times that we've got to kill some things and take some things out of our life. And then there's a time for us to heal. When we go through things, and things have, we experiences we've had, you have to understand that it's a, there's a healing process to that. There's a time to heal, a time to break down. There's a time to tear things down and a time to build things up. I can't help but think about our relationships, about our children. There's times where we have to break things down. We talk about, I was taught as a child, and I believe it to be true, that we are not to break a child's spirit but there, there has to be a place where their will is broken, where they're willing to, they, they, they are willing to follow you. And so we, we, we do that. We do corrective, we, we take corrective measures with our children, not because we, we want to. It's not favorable. It's not enjoyable. But we know the outcome if we don't do that. But then there's times that we build up, and I believe these are at least equal. If not, we don't build up more than we tear down. So there's a time to build and a time to tear down. A time to build up. In verse number, in verse number four, he said there's a time, it's an interesting verse to me, there's a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. So it's a very peculiar uh, comparison because weeping and mourning seem so similar. But it's sometimes we weep and we cry and we shed tears and then sometimes we mourn. And in my heart, those are the things that are set up and set in. 
Those things that occur that, uh, listen, it's, listen I, I, we fall and maybe as children and skin our knee, uh, but someday, and we might weep, we might cry a little there, but then there are times where it's more than a skint knee. Uh, you know, when, when a child is small, a mother can scoop that child up and, and put a, a little bandage on it. Sometimes they're putting a bandage on something that's just a, a mind thing, and, and, they, and they perk up and are happy. But there's not all of our things in our life that are just weeping. Sometimes we just mourn, where it's that deep hurt that just sets in. But the truth is, if we live our lives long enough, we'll both weep and we'll mourn. In there, the comparison there, though, is that there's a time to weep and a time to laugh. Sometimes life has weeping and sometimes life has laughter. Sometimes we sit back and laugh. I said this uh, uh, in the funeral the other day. I, I guess the loss of a loved one is the only time where it feels as if your heart can both laugh and cry at the same time. Where you, where you laugh telling the old stories and sharing the old memories and you mourn knowing that they've passed. But the truth is, well, there's a time to laugh and then he says, a time to dance. And, and, and I'm convinced that that has to do with our worship before the Lord. And I don't have time to dig all that out, nor, nor will I take it. But a time to mourn, uh, a time to laugh. In verse number five, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather the stones together. A time to embrace, and there's a time to refrain. And so life is full of these seasons. It's full of these varying times. A time to rend, meaning we're, we're tearing something. And a time to sow, where we're taking that which is torn, and we're putting it back together. He said a time to keep silent. Now that's a tough one. There's seasons where and times where there's not a word to be spoken. Where you just need to hush. I saw some stuff going around on Facebook the other day and I quoted, I quoted Pastor Ward about getting the degree and minding your own business. There's times where there's just nothing. Where, where, there's no adequate work to, to say. And then there's time where a, fitly wor a word fitly spoken is, is required. There's a time where uh, maybe there's something going on, and, and whether it's right or wrong, it may not be the time for me to say something about it. Then there's times where it's time for me to speak up. I'm afraid I've missed more times where I should have spoke up than I should have been quiet, and either one of them are detrimental. Time to speak, a time to keep silence. Not only that, but he goes on, he said, uh, a time to love and a time to hate. It's an odd thing. There's some things that I think that we're to hate. We're to hate sin. The Bible said we're to abhor that which is evil and cleave to that which is good. I don't hate sinners, but man, I despise the effects of sin, both in your life and in my life. We see and we know the end result. We know the results today. But man, we know because we've read the scripture, we know the results for eternity. So there's times. Everything has a season. Time to love, a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. We think about these different seasons of our life and 
I made a comment the other day, and I wasn't correct, but I was close. Most of these things I have control over. I can decide most of the time. These things about a time to plant, I, I, get, I get to choose when I plant. When I, uh, to love and to speak, and, and, and most of these I have, listen, it is, it is my choice. There are two in particular. There, the, I thought about the morning the other day and thought about how that honestly I don't have any, sometimes you don't have a choice when you mourn. But the truth is there's two of these that are concrete, and I'll tell you what they are. The Bible said there's a time to be born. And there's a time to die. So here's the truth. I, those are the bookends of my life. I didn't do anything about when I was born. I cannot help that I was born in the 80s. It's not my fault. I had nothing. I was not involved in that. Wasn't involved in who I was born to. I'm thankful but I, was in, I, I had no choice in who my parents were or, or what part of the country I lived in or, or what the spiritual impacts were on my life and my birth. I had nothing to do with my birth. And by and large, I can't control my life. I can't control my death. I know there's some, I know there's some things there that, that, that you could insert, but, but just the natural course of life, I don't have any control over that. So there's a time for me to be born, and there's a time for me to die, and there's the season in between. And those seasons, that's the only thing that I'm allowed to deal with. I want to know what you're going to do with your season. What are you going to do with the life that God has given you? What are you going to do with this time that the, and it's so precious, it's so valuable. It has such, uh, it has such ramifications, and, and the only thing when time is gone that we'll have is, is, is the potential of regret. What are you doing with your season? There have been times and days and months where I've taken my season and crossed my arms and pouted the day away. where I haven't been as productive. I don't mean how much peace work I was able to complete, but I wasn't as productive in my life as I should have been. So we think about these seasons, and I thought about this, and, and I want to share this with you. Hebrews 9.27 said this, And as it is appointed unto men, once to die, but after this, the judgment. So at the end of my season, it is an appointment that I have that I will keep. And again, I don't know what my season duration is. I know at this point how long it has been, but listen, I could... I could take after my grandmother's side and, and her life and live to 100, God help me. But I could live to nearly 100 or it could be next week. 
But no matter what we do with that, at the end of that season, there is an appointment that we have and there's an account that we will give. It's not about social media. It's not about Hollywood. It's not about the Baptist church. It's not about the Baptist preacher. But it is about you and God. That is the only thing that matters. It's not my ideologies. It's not my dress codes. It's not uh, my preferences. But it is me and God that we will, I have an appointment to stand before an almighty God and give an account for my season. He said it's appointed. It is appointed unto man once to die. So there's an appointment and we know there's death. The third thing we know is that there is judgment. The world don't like that term. The church don't like that term. I don't like that term. The truth is, though, we, we will be judged. And the only judgment that matters is the one that comes from the throne of God. And that is where we will give an account. Here's a couple questions. Number one is, why will we be judged? Why will we be judged? The truth is this, in Romans 5, 12, he said, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. We will be judged because we are sinners. James 2.10 said this, For whosoever shall keep the whole law, yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. Here's, I, the, the, I, I like that verse for this purpose. If I have done, if I've broke one piece of the law, that is teaching me that I have broken it all. So I can no longer take my pet sins and say your sins are worse than mine and I'm better than you because I haven't committed that sin. Because the sins I have committed make me guilty of all of them. In Romans 3.23, it said this, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all are sinners. It should change our attitude towards sin. Because we're all sinners. In James 4.4, 4, he said, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever uh, therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. You're in a bad place if you're an enemy with God. We've got some new kids in our school, bless their hearts. They come in barking and saying, go dogs, and, you know, I, you know just, it's, it's ridiculous. The foolish, I'm just kidding. You can be, listen, you can pull for whatever team you want to. It's not a big deal. I really don't care. In the scope of eternity, it don't matter if, if you're a, a Southerner or you're a Yankee. That's kind of idiotic anyway. It doesn't matter if you are the fan of this or a fan of that. It, it just doesn't matter why, uh, because the truth is, is that it, it's okay to be, it, listen, as soon as the whistle, it, the last whistle is blown, the game is over, I don't get paid anything, I go to bed and take a nap and get up and do everything all over again. It doesn't have any real effect on my life. In the games that I coach and, and watch, I have a, a stake in. Truth is, when the games are over, it really, it's nice. It's nicer to win than it is to lose. Trophies are great. They have no real value. No long, eternal value. But if you're the enemy of God, you're in a bad place. And the truth is, 
It is my sin. It is my sin nature that makes me the enemy of God. How will we be judged? We'll be judged this way. Romans 6, 23 said, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. This is how we'll be judged. We'll be judged because we're sinners. How we'll be judged is what we did with our sin. What did we do with our sins? Uh, the, the wages, the scripture says, the wages of sin is death. The payment of my sin is death. You say, oh, I've heard all this. I've been saved a long time. Well, praise the Lord for it. But I'm telling you, we need to be reminded that, listen, the payment, uh, I was thinking the other day about that song uh, that said, uh, remind me where I used to be. Or what's the, how's that go? Remember, I'm human. Humans forget. So remind me, remind me, dear Lord. Roll back the curtains of memories now and then. Oh, listen, I, listen, we ought to be reminded that we are either sinners or that we're sinners saved by grace. And the truth is, is that our sin nature has to have a payment. Romans 20, verse 10, the Bible, ta- the scripture said there, and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire uh, and brimstone at where the beast and the false prophets are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And I saw a great white throne and, and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled. And there was no place found for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And the books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. We will be judged on what we did or what was the, what we done with Jesus. The scripture says in verse 14, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Listen, this has nothing to do with me. When I listen, when we tell a person that they're that, that, uh, they're sinners and that we're all sinners, we're not being judgy. We're warning them about what God has said, what He is going to do if they have not accepted Him, if they've not dealt with their sin nature. This is the results. The first thing I thought about when when they called me about my uncle, I was reminded of what preacher and brother Allen said. And it's true for all of us. My uncle went where his faith took him. You will go where your faith takes you. I will go where my faith takes me. Romans 6.23, the back of that verse says, But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5, 6 said, For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. I love this verse. I really almost wanted to preach on this verse. But God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. There's two pieces of how we're going to be judged. We're going to be judged on what we did with Christ. Those that rejected him, he, listen, his, you are still an enemy of a God. And, and he is going to judge you accordingly. I know that's harsh. I know that sounds uh, rough, but it's just a truth that if you're lost and you die without Christ, you're going to be judged as an enemy of God. Oh, but... 
Oh, I'm thankful that, that God, while I was a no good, dirty, rotten sinner, that Christ died for my sin. He made a way of escape. And I'm just going to tell you something. What are you doing with your season? Seasons begin, seasons end. What are you going to do with yours? Here's hope in our judgment. We realize that we can be saved, that we can, that uh, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ shall, shalt be saved. He made a way of escape. He died for our sins. Watch this now in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. He said, but I would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. I've been hung up on the word hope lately. For if we believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again, even so them which are asleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep, for the Lord shall descend himself uh, himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Here's the truth. There, there, there's two things about our lives that, that we need to know is that Christ is going to, that we're, we're going to be judged. We see why we're going to be judged. We see how we're going to be judged. And we see the hope in our judgment. The thief on the cross, he said, you know, remember, remember me when thou enterest into thy kingdom. He, he, he was saved. He was born again. The, the, the lady at the well had, had the five husbands, and, and, and she, Christ saved her. Uh, the truth is, is that, and I remember, I've been, we've been teaching about salvation and being a, a witnessing in our Sunday school class, and, and the truth is this, is if I'm going to share the gospel with someone else, all I'm really doing is telling them about what God did for me that when I was 14 years old, I was sitting in a church in North Carolina, in Murphy, North Carolina, and God came and showed me that I was a sinner. I wasn't old enough to have drank. Uh, well, I guess maybe I, I wasn't legal to have drank and done drugs and, and ran around. I, I didn't have any speeding tickets. Uh, I didn't have any of those marks of sin in my life. But he showed me that I was a sinner because of my sin nature. How I was born, I was a sinner. And he called me unto himself and I repented of my sin trusted in him to save my soul what about you twofold I think every I think all scripture for the most part there's there's at least the Bible is written for two purposes I think it's to call men to salvation and for saved folks to walk with God so it's a twofold message. If you're here and you're lost, it's a message of our seal. I don't know when your appointment is. You don't know when your appointment is. You're either going to die under the judgment of God or you're going to die under the mercy of God. And for us that are saved, we have our life is made up of seasons. What are you doing with yours? I can gather things all I want to, but gathering things, 
not really going to make much of an impact. What are you doing with your seasons? To everything, there is a season. And every season has a purpose. Let's stand to our feet. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. If we would, no one looking around. Maybe you're here and you do not know that you are saved. I'm telling you something. Today is the day of salvation. It's not an individual sin that's, that's, that you're going to die and go to hell for. It's our sin nature. And Christ made a way of escape. If you're here and you don't know that you're saved, I'd encourage you to come. We wouldn't do